Amen. Praise the Lord. What a great night to be in God's house. No better place to be. Amen. You know, I believe the best worship is when you are wrecked in worship. <laughs> and I'm so thankful for just the Lord showing up. And God has great plans and loves the gates of Zion more than any other dwelling place. And tonight we stand on that word, look to him for all that he wants to do. Let's pray tonight before we look into the word. God, we are so thankful for your presence. All we need, God, is your presence. And so tonight, Lord, even as we look into your word, we are thankful for the promise of your word, for the truth of your word, for the power of your word. And we ask tonight, God, that your voice would be the only voice that is heard in this place. We seek to honor you in every aspect of our lives. And as we look to the word, we pray that you would be honored, O oh God, that every heart would be softened, that we would receive the revelation and the truth of all that you would want to speak, Lord. We pray that you would change us. Oh, Lord, we pray tonight, God, that just the power of your word would be imparted in such a beautiful way for the cause of Christ, for the name of Jesus only. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Well, our title tonight is Abide. God's word speaks to us about how Jesus Christ and his word abides forever. Psalm 125, verse 1, those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abides forever. 1 Peter 1, 23, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Scripture admonishes us regarding the importance of where we are found abiding in our lives. About the importance of us abiding in Christ, abiding in his love and in his truth. And I want to look at one of my personal favorite passages tonight in the word of God. It's found in John chapter 15. If you have your Bibles, you can go there tonight. It speaks about the importance of the place of our abiding. When I was 19 years old, I had one of those divine encounters with the Lord. One of those experiences where I knew that I knew that Jesus was speaking something so important and so real into my spirit that I would never be the same. And perhaps you're here tonight and you can think of those moments in your life where the Holy Spirit has just spoken a word, a truth, a promise, a scripture, and he has imparted it so deeply into your spirit that you know you will never be the same again. And as the years and the seasons have gone by, that word and that experience has strengthened you as you have looked back and you have remembered that moment. Well, one of those moments happened for me when I was 19 years old. I was at Sunnyside Camp, and it was at the very end of a week-long youth camp that I had just finished directing. Six days, six nights, powerful services, beautiful outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon so many lives. Six long nights of doing security, outwitting junior high and senior high boys, mostly. It's amazing how little sleep you really need at the age of 19. It's wonderful. I love camp. I love camp. But I'll never forget, at the end of this particular camp, I was lying in the bottom bunk, just feeling completely dry and completely empty and looking for some strength because the next day I was going into a week-long kids' camp. 
And I just remember feeling completely desperate for the Lord and just this spiritual yearning and this thirst began to rise up within me. And I just began to call out to the Lord asking for the fresh waters of his living presence. And in that moment of my spiritual yearning and just pouring out and calling out unto the Lord, I will never forget the Holy Spirit coming and speaking to me in that moment. And he said to me this, he said, come. He said, come to the garden. Come to the garden and I will meet with you. And he brought me to John chapter 15. And as I began to read this passage about Jesus Christ being the true vine and how we are the branches, and that if we abide in him and he abides in us, that there will be such fruit that will come from our lives. And that how as we abide in the Lord and he abides in us, that we can begin to pray according to his will, and it would be done. And the Lord began to speak to me about the importance of these words, about the truth of this passage, about how there is a place of abiding in him. There is a place of his presence that if we would come to constantly, he will never fail us. He will always meet with us. He will teach us and guide us. He will prune us so that we begin to reflect the very glory and image of Jesus Christ. And verse 7 was a tremendous revelation to me in that moment. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. And I began to weep. I began to hunger and to thirst for the truth of this passage to be evident in my life that I would always be found in the garden with Christ that I would always be found abiding in him, listening to his heart, being pruned under his loving hand so that I could reflect him. Because church, I knew in that moment that I wanted to be able to pray in such a way that I would never pray for my will to be done, but that I would only pray for the will of Christ to be done, that his kingdom would come through my prayers. John chapter 15 became one of my most important life passages Perhaps you're here tonight and you can think of moments in your life, your own story, your own scripture where the Lord has just come and imparted such truth and such revelation to you through his word. But John 15 verses 1 to 8, it teaches us regarding the true vine, Jesus Christ, and how we are to abide in him. We are the branches that grow under his care as we abide in this vine. These verses speak to the purpose of the branches, which is to bear fruit. Our Father, the vine dresser, is looking to prune us that we would bear more fruit. You see, the fruit of our lives is important. We cannot be Christians without any fruit being evident. Our character must be obvious that we are Christians. Our words and our choices must obviously reflect that we are believers of Jesus Christ. People should never wonder who it is that we serve. People should never wonder who it is that we are emulating. And is this obvious by the way that we are living our lives? The heart of God in this passage is clear. He has made us in his image that we would abide in him and bear more fruit. So the question for us tonight is what place can we be found abiding? Because the place where we abide will determine the kind of fruit that we are producing. Are we abiding in Christ? Or are we found traveling from his presence 
to the pleasures of the world back and forth, back and forth in our lives? Are we producing the fruit of the world or the fruit of Jesus Christ? I believe the Holy Spirit would want to encourage us, would want to admonish us with this truth tonight, that there is a place of abiding in Christ where we must be found. If we are not found abiding in Christ, there will be no spiritual victory in our lives. There will be no protection from the Lord over us. In the first 11 verses of this passage, the word abide is mentioned 10 times. 10 times the word abide is mentioned. The Lord obviously wants us to take note of this word to understand the importance and the meaning of this word. <coughs> this word abide comes from the Greek word meno, which is translated remain, dwell, continue, tarry, endure. We need to remain in Christ. We need to dwell in Christ. We need to continue to tarry, to endure in Christ. And this word abide in reference to a place means to continue to be present, to be kept continually. In other words, do not be found abiding in the place of sin. Do not be present in the place of worshiping or serving other idols. Do not be found abiding in any other form of perceived truth that does not line up with the word of God. This word abide in reference to a state or a condition means to remain as one, not to become another or different. To abide means to remain united with Christ, not to become any different than he is. I pray that we can each examine our lives and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to us, to show us tonight, are we reflecting in any way an image that is different than the image of Jesus Christ? 1 John chapter 2 speaks to the test of knowing Christ, and it relates to us the importance of abiding in him. 1 John 2, 14 to 17 and 28. I have written to you fathers because you have known him who is from the beginning. I have written to you young men because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the father but is of the world and the world is passing away and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. How many want to be those who overcome the wicked one? We will be strong, church. We will be victorious when we do not love the pleasures of the world and when we are found abiding in Jesus Christ and the only truth of his word. Three quick areas that I want to look at tonight that are required for us to abide in Christ. Number one is purpose. Purpose. John 15, verse 1 and 4 to 5. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. 
He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. In order to be found abiding in Christ, we need to be purposeful in this. We cannot bear fruit. We cannot reflect Christ without remaining close to him. And this requires us to be intentional. It requires us to purpose that on a daily basis, we will be warriors, we will be sons and daughters of God who will open the word of God every single day. We need to be intentional. We need to purpose in our lives that every single day that we will be heard as worshipers of Jesus Christ that we will be those who will declare the truth of God, that we will actively draw near to Jesus every single day. Sundays are not enough. Tuesdays are not enough. But every single day, we need to be the bride of Christ that actively draws near to him. This is what it means to abide in Christ. There are many ways that we purpose to develop relationships in our lives. We intentionally schedule our days, our responsibilities, mealtimes with our families. Are we purposeful to develop our relationship with Christ? How many know that spiritual growth does not just happen? Spiritual change and breakthrough does not just happen. It requires us to be intentional, to be purposeful, to make it a priority. In order to be found in the place of abiding, we need to purpose and be intentional in every single thought, every word, every choice, every action. As we make decisions, we need to constantly think to ourselves, what would Christ have me do in this situation? John 8, 31, Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. John 14, verses 15 to 17 if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Jesus understood that we would need a little bit of help in this constant decision-making, and the constant choice to abide with him to draw near to him. And so he gave us a helper, his Holy Spirit, to abide with us forever. And I am so thankful that he gave us his Holy Spirit and the promise is that he dwells with us and in us forever. We have the ability to draw near to Christ at all times. We have the ability to speak only what God would have us to speak we have the ability to be only found in places that would glorify our Father, but we have to be purposeful to invite the Holy Spirit to help us, to guide us, to draw us, to convict us, to teach us how to abide in his presence in every conversation and situation. Be purposeful to invite the Holy Spirit to be, ask of him, to be led by him. Let us be sons and daughters of God, men and women of Christ who purpose to be found in the word every single day, who just resolve, 
who just are intentional, who purpose to be found worshiping and calling on the name of God every single day. You cannot afford to be sporadic in this in your life if you want to overcome the evil one, if you want to overcome the powers of darkness that are attacking your life and your family. We cannot afford to shrink back in this area in our lives. First John chapter 2. Verses 24 to 27 is titled, Let Truth Abide in You. Therefore, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he has promised us eternal life. These things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. And you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. This passage says, if what you heard from the beginning, if the word of God abides in you, then you will abide in the Son and in the Father. I'm so thankful that Jesus shows us how to remain, how to abide in his truth and his presence. And I pray tonight that we can sense the urgency and the drawing of the Holy Spirit for us to prioritize abiding in God's truth in his word every single day. Let us lead and teach others in this truth. Amen. Charles Spurgeon said this, resolve to keep close to Christ. Make a stern determination to permit nothing in your life, however gainful or pleasurable, if it would dishonor the name of Jesus. And there is that word resolve. Resolve. Just resolve in your life. Just make the choice. Be purposeful, intentional to abide in Jesus Christ at all costs. Number two tonight is pruning. Pruning. In order to abide in Christ, we must allow him to prune us. John 15, verses 2 to 6. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. Jesus said every branch that bears fruit he prunes, that it may bear more fruits. Now, we all know that the pruning process in our life is not fun. It is not easy. When the Lord disciplines us, when he shows us areas of our lives and our character that need to be cut away, it can sting our hearts. It can hurt a little bit. But the word of God promises us that the Lord disciplines those he loves. He prunes those who are bearing fruits already those who are already abiding with him so that they can bear more fruit. And I know that in this church tonight, in this house tonight, there are so many people who are passionate for the Lord, 
those who yearn and desire to carry the glory of God. God's heart tonight is that we would carry the powerful measure of his anointing, that we would carry an abundant measure of his glory. This is his heart for us. And so as he searches those who are already carrying a measure of his presence, who are already bearing fruit, he does not leave us where we are because God sees that there is more ahead of us, that there is a greater call, that there is more of his anointing that he desires that we walk in. And so he prunes those who are already bearing fruit for the purpose that we would be able to bear more fruits, that we would be able to walk into greater spiritual gifting, into greater spiritual calling. If you want to go deeper with the Lord, you must allow him to prune you. If you want to walk in greater spiritual gifting in your life, you must allow him to prune you. When the Holy Spirit puts his finger on an attitude, when he begins to reveal a relationship that is not pleasing to him, when he puts his finger upon an entertainment that is not glorifying to the Lord, upon an area of our life that needs to change, do not harden your hearts. Do not ignore the voice of the Holy Spirit, but allow that pruning process in your life. I pray that we can be a church who knows the power of our repentant hearts. Let us be those who ask for the conviction of the Holy Spirit. How many know that conviction is a gift? It is a gift of God. Conviction is a gift of God. Because when we allow the Lord to convict us, it means that he is drawing us. It means that there is more that he desires to produce in our lives. It means that there is greater gifting. There is greater breakthrough. But he needs a people who are holy. He needs a people who are separated. He needs a people who are willing to yield to the pruning process. You see, we can be those who desire for a mighty move of God. We can be on our faces and we can pray for the greatest revival that this generation has ever seen. We can be prayer warriors who sincerely desire for God's kingdom to come. But church, if we are never changed, if we are never uh, yielded to the pruning process of God in our lives, our prayers will be ineffective. The prayers of a righteous man availeth much. Not the prayers of a proud man, but the prayers of a righteous man the prayers of those who are so humble, of those who just say, Lord, less of me so that I can have more of you. Those are the prayers that are effective. That is when we will see the glory of God. That is when we will see the revival. Let us be a church who understands that when the Lord says it's time to change, it's time to be pruned, repentance needs to come, that we would be able to say, yes, Lord, whatever you need to do, no matter what the cost is, no matter how difficult it is, no matter how much pride I have in my life, get rid of it because all we want is you. All we want is the glory of God. And that requires a people who are consecrated, the people who are yielded to the pruning process. First John 2, 3 to 6 9 to 11, now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. 
By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. This can be a difficult passage to read. If we are having a difficult time loving our brothers and sisters in Christ, can I just say tonight there might need to be a pruning in your life according to the word of God. When we submit to the Lord's pruning and we allow him to cut away our pride and shape our character, it says it is then that we will walk in the light, and the light is Jesus Christ. And when we walk and abide in Christ, it says, our character being pruned, it says that there is no cause for stumbling within us. How many want to live with no cause for stumbling in your life? I don't want there to be a cause to stumble. I don't want there to be a cause for the enemy to get a hold of my life, for the enemy to get a hold of who it is that I am reflecting. And so we need to continually be in the light. First John 2.10 in the AMPC says, Whoever loves his brother, believer, abides, lives in the light, and, it, and in it or in him there is no occasion for stumbling or cause for error or sin. Psalm chapter 15 is titled, The Character of Those Who May Dwell with the Lord. Verses 1 to 2 says, Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle? Who may dwell in your holy hill? He who walks uprightly and works righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart. The Passion Translation of those verses says, Lord, who dares to dwell with you? Who presumes the privilege of being close to you, living next to you in your shining place of glory? Who are those who daily dwell in the life of the Holy Spirit? They are passionate and wholehearted, always sincere, and always speaking the truth, for their hearts are trustworthy. Number three tonight, the final thing, is prayer. Prayer. In order to abide with Christ, to dwell closely with him, it requires us to be purposeful, to allow his pruning, and to pray continually. Pray. Pray without ceasing. Pray at all times. Adopt an attitude of prayer, a continual conversation throughout your days with Jesus Christ. Charles Spurgeon said this, we should pray when we are in a praying mood, for it would be sinful to neglect so fair an opportunity. We should pray when we are not in a proper mood, for it would be dangerous to remain in so unhealthy a condition. Wow. It would be dangerous to remain in so unhealthy a condition. Woe to us who do not pray when we are not in a proper mood. Woe to us who do not pray when we begin to notice conflict. We begin to notice that there's a little bit of unrighteousness or a little bit of strife in our lives. Woe to us who do not pray in those moments. The heart that is continually praying will hear the voice of God. The mind that is continually praying will overcome every lie of the devil. The one whose words are continually words of prayer is the one who is continually 
speaking the very word of God, the very life of God. John 15, 7 to 8. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. These verses are powerful for us, church. And this is when I am thankful that the entire word of God is truth, that the entire word of God is yes and amen according to his will. How many want a prayer life like this? If you abide in me and my words in you, your prayers will be powerful because they will align with the heart of Jesus Christ. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to pray according to my own will. I don't want to pray prayers that are passive. I don't want to pray prayers that are out of fear. But I want to pray prayers that are according to the very will of Jesus Christ. I want to have such a prayer life that I know that when I pray, that according to the word of God and the authority of Jesus Christ that I stand in, that every power of darkness is being pushed back in the name of Jesus. That every high thing that dares to exalt itself above the holiness of my God is being torn down in the name of Jesus that is the kind of prayer life that comes from when we abide in Christ. Ask what you desire and it will be done according to the heart of Christ, according to the will of Jesus. You see, the purpose of us abiding in Christ is not just for our benefit, but there is a call. There is a greater cause upon our life to abide in such a manner that our prayers would shake the kingdom of darkness, that our prayers would cause every devil, every enemy to flee in the name of Jesus when we pray. This is the kind of abiding that Jesus longs for us to do in our lives. Let's have the worship team return, please. John chapter 15 concludes this portion of abiding in Christ with verses 9 to 11, which are titled, Love and Joy Perfected. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. Somebody say full tonight. These things I have spoken to you, these things about the importance of abiding in me and my words, I have spoken them, that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. I am overcome by the truth of these words, that there is a place of fullness there is a place of abundant joy. There is a place of abundant peace and hope that passes all of our understanding. And the secret to obtaining this kind of abundant joy is abiding in Christ, is abiding in his love, is remaining, dwelling, continuing on, tarrying, enduring in his presence. I pray that we have been stirred afresh tonight to examine the level of our abiding.
And I wonder if you could just close yourself in with the Lord for just a moment tonight. What is the level of your abiding in Christ in your life? Remember, the Lord desires to prune us. He desires to draw us into a deeper place because there's more that he wants to do. It's not to embarrass us. It's not to make us feel bad. It's not to judge us. But when he puts his hand upon our lives and he says, I need there to be a little bit less of you and a little bit more of me, he does it because he has a plan. Because there are miracles that are on the other side of our pruning. There are answers to prayer on the other side of our pruning. There is a greater spiritual awakening on the other side of our abiding, of our pruning. Do we sometimes abide with Christ? Do we often abide with him? Does it depend on how busy our days are? Does it depend on what else is happening around us? The Holy Spirit would say this tonight. Let not circumstance or schedules dictate the level of our abiding. But let us purpose to be those who abide in Christ throughout every single day. You will notice breakthrough. You will notice a strength. You will notice peace. You will notice spiritual authority and victory in your life when you abide in this manner. I want to close by praying Psalm 91 over us tonight. I love this psalm, and it relates to us. It is entitled, Safety of Abiding in the Presence of God. And I know that we yearn to abide in his presence. And as I pray this psalm over us, would you just pull the truth of these words into your spirit? Begin to pray them over your home, over your life tonight as we close. Psalm 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in him I will trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid. Somebody here tonight needs to pull that into your life. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the, of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked because... You have made the Lord, you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. Because you have made the Lord Most High your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. Come on, prophesy that over your home tonight. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all of your ways in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. 
because he has set his love upon me. Therefore, I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation in the name of Jesus. According to the word of God, let it be done over every life we pray. Let's stand together tonight. Amen. We're going to worship the Lord. If you have need for prayer for anything, please come. But let's just take a few moments. Let's renew our commitment unto the Lord to abide in him. Let him speak to you. Let him draw you into that special, most holy place of his presence. Let's honor him tonight and allow him to minister as he desires.